0: Like, I swing between being existentialist and nihilist. Yeah. Like, but definitely more on the existentialist side. Um, i say, like, the nihilistic part of me is really only active if I'm depressed.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's not like a everything sucks type of nihilism. It's more like a there's just no meaning yeah. to fucking anything. Nothing matters. Yeah. Fully nothing matters, you know. Um. So, but I do, I love the existentialist leaning side where it's like yeah you're creating whatever it is that you want to to be valuable or to have meaning mm-hmm. you're creating like the definition of meaning for yourself you know um, I think that's awesome it is interesting that we have uh, a little bit ago you kind of touched on the fact that or you know, the opinion or the feeling that you have that, oh, oh like a lot of people seemingly wait for somebody to s- like come come around and tell them what the meaning is for life and answer that question for them, right? Like, um, I love that. I love that it's even a question in the first place that we like we're even, we're even able to just do that, <laughs> to <laughs> just be like, what the hell are we even... Like we exist and we can question it, Yeah. which is awesome. Um, but yeah, man. It is interesting. I, I uh, It's kind of funny that there's such a like stark difference between peoples that exist, right? It's like yeah. some people are like very invested in creating their meaning and like I guess I would say that out of, like, from myself and then multiple other people that I know, like, I feel like I know, like, a pretty big handful of people that are kind of resistant to the idea of somebody else telling them what the meaning of life is or what things should be valuable to them or, like, whatever. And um, if, you know, whatever you want to call it, like, rebellious or resistant to... Uh, something right, like I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what you would want to call it. Um, but it is kind of funny that it's like, for some that creates immense discomfort, and I think for another type of people out there, it it creates comfort. It's like the opposite. Like, you know, some people would say that they feel lost without. The meaning that they've gotten from, from certain things that are external, Mm -hmm. that aren't necessarily created by themselves. But also on that point, you could almost say that no matter what your thing is, it's always created by yourself because it takes you to believe in the thing and it takes you to like be invested in the thing.
1: But. It's so weird because with like subjects and topics like this, it's hard for me to want to speak in broad strokes. It's like I want to take little steps because it's so easy to jump off a bridge with my words And then be like, okay, well, I actually don't really know how I feel about this or like where all of this is coming from. If this is like largely societal or cultural based, or if like, this is something I firmly believe myself. And because like, if I'm looking at it from a cultural perspective, I look at places like, you know, um, Japan and Korea and, and how... Culturally, as children and kids going to school, they're so much more Mm well-behaved than, like, Americans. And they're educated far better, you know? Like, you'll have kids over there doing adequate essays and different things like that when kids in America don't really start doing that until high school. Um, Maybe some in middle school, but, like, for the most part, like it's just a bunch of kids not really paying attention here. Yeah. Um, whereas in like Korea, um, I was talking to my friend the other day and she taught English in Korea for a while and she's like, yeah, the kids just come in, they're quiet, they're sitting, they're ready to learn and they just sit there and learn English for eight hours straight. Hmm. Like, and like part of that is like the strictness in culture. Um yeah. But the other part of it is just that like they're just raised differently and they're just well behaved. Yeah. And yeah. um and a lot of our I think a lot of our issues in the US like all of the the reason that a lot of the more I don't know, mental health related changes and um progressions have come about is because we are raised in a very non well behaved way where we're not regulating and we're not like, I don't know. And it's hard to even put any of this in a box because like the U S is such a huge place yeah. with so many different people and so many different backgrounds that it's like, I can't generalize and say that like everybody in the U S is like this, but a vast majority are, I don't know, just, Fed crap Because that's pretty much what's offered in the US Um, Don't have access to good Good food Don't have access to good education And thus Perpetuate the cycle Of Okay well You know I'm gonna give my kid a soda And some candy And an iPad And Let Let them do their thing You know Whereas in another country, it might be an apple and some carrots and like practice um, some writing or do whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, Obviously, there's, they have access to iPads and all these different things in other countries. Yeah. But the way that they utilize them might be extremely different. And that's not to say that there aren't similar families in other countries, but just that, again, it's hard to take broad strokes in conversations related to, um, existentialism or anything like that, especially when you get down to all the stuff that I'm talking about, because it's like, I'm talking about something so specific that is super far away from existentialism, but I think like holds roots, um, into like, you know, our upbringing and how we see things and how we see the world and like, um, and, and even just in, you know, um, like families that have moved to the U.S. and how differently they behave and operate compared to, you know, a family that's been here for generations. Yeah. Um, just yeah. like.
0: And it ties to how we define things, yeah. Right, too, and like, which which, you know, ties back to meaning that we create, you know, like exactly creating meaning or not, right? Like, I I think you're right. I think there is the the roots are, in yeah. there, and certainly here on missing wires we create the roots if yeah. if they're not blatant in the yeah, first we, place.
1: We find some wires and we connect them. It's it is super interesting though to see how like first generation immigrants and second generation immigrants um like they're they tend to do a lot better. Mm. They tend to push a lot harder. Mm. You're like, you know, you're a kid and your parents migrated here and you almost feel like you have a lot more on the line, you know? And it's like, I was reading you in, in the book, um, book that Alex and I were discussing. It's called, uh, the war of art, uh, by Stephen. What was his last name? Pressfield. Pressfield. Yes. Stephen Pressfield. Thank you, Alex. Um, it's like, do you have to stare death in the face to like finally become the person that you want to be? And finally, Like, push for the things that you actually want to do. Like, most people don't want to work a job that sucks the soul out of them. But a lot of people are willing to for quite a while instead of, like, following a passion or a dream. Mm. And... And then, and you've, just like it says in the book, like I'm sure you've heard dozens of stories yourself where it's like somebody gets a terrible diagnosis at the doctor and they just drastically change their life in an instant. And they're like, well, I only have a year to live. So like, I'm just going to go and do other things. I'm not going to do this stupid job that I don't like. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And they just like, they do the things that in their soul, they know they really want to do. Yeah. And I, I think it's similar to, to you know, if your parents migrated here and you, maybe not as the child, you're doing all these things that you want to do, but you feel pressured to like push forward harder than the people around you. Because like, if you give up, there's more on the line, yeah. you know? Um, and I think pressure is another big side of like, if you had... Um, just like how there's the four forces of the universe, you know, if you had the four forces of the human that like change you into different, a different person throughout your upbringing and throughout your life, I think one of those forces would be like pressure in, in the way that um, the pressure of your environment, whether it's negative or positive and how that pressure forms you into something else. Yeah, you know, is yeah. it going to form you into a, a piece of coal? Or a diamond, or yeah,
0: well, and and how that pressure, like how the pressure is being applied, too, right? Like exactly, and what type of pressure it is, and all that jazz. Like, um, I, I think that does get, I mean, it gets into interesting areas. You talk about being molded by environments and difference in kids and cultures, um, and then you, you know, like we get into using terms like well- behaved and and or not well behaved yeah. and like what how are we even, how we are even defining those things right and then mm-hmm. like because I, I, I think right like on the quote unquote well-behaved thing right like there's been what feels like a big push for awareness around ADHD and yeah. or other types of like situations where you know previously for the past 70 years probably longer, there's like these like anecdotal kind of like, um, and I don't say anecdotal lightly, you know, very, very common stories from people who are like, yeah, I was told to like, you know, calm down and like all mm-hmm. the time and like, oh, that I was way too energetic or that I, or like, I wasn't paying enough attention and like blah, blah, blah. And then it turns out like, yeah, I just had, I have ADHD and yeah. Like, so there's not much, you know, it's like not much I can do about that. Right. Like, especially mm-hmm. as a child who didn't know it was undiagnosed yeah. and all it's that just stuff.
1: Super hyped, way more hyped than other kids. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, then like a lot of the time the solution is that is like, okay, well, let's give them pills. Yeah. But I don't think that's healthy either. I oh, think God, like no. utilizing their ADHD yeah. to the best potential would be to not give them pills and to help them learn in a way that works really well for them. Yeah. And. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, depending yeah. on the depending on the case, right? I mean, yeah, there's some some cases for ADHD where it's like a lot of suffering is caused. Yep, that's so. true. Um, but you know, it's all to be considered on an individual basis, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is interesting to consider, like, especially if you're you know start to compare like Asian cultures and stuff, you right? know, because there was like the trope of Asian parents being very strict, right? Like it's like a common Mm -hmm. like thing that I would hear growing up. And even like my friends that I've had that are Asian, like make jokes about it and shit, right? Like, and even like one of my best friends, um, he's Vietnamese. And like every time when I would stay over at his house, we'd be chilling in his room and it would be like so late, like two in the morning, three in the morning, didn't matter how late it was. And we'd just be chilling in there. And then all of a sudden, like, his mom would knock on the door and be like, Brandon, did you brush your teeth? (laughs) (laughs) And every time, you would be like, oh, no, mom. And he'd be like, she'd be like, go brush your teeth. Come on, like. Wow! Yeah, just, just like on top of it, yeah. like it was just like. not that that's like an example of being super strict, per se, but yeah. like just kind of a funny little. But
1: thing. in a way, it is, and it's not even to me. I don't always see it as super strict. It's almost yeah. like structure oriented.
0: Yeah, yeah, like they're much, so. much
1: more structure
0: oriented. Yeah, and that's that actually kind of like pushes me towards a point that I had floating around in my head about this. Mm-hmm. Um, was and it kind of touches on the the how of the pressure. Um, and it's like, you know, when we talk about behaving well and we talk about conducting ourselves in a certain way, and especially when we're discussing that in a way where we're trying to translate that to a kid who like maybe doesn't have very much self-awareness or understanding of context and situations, like, right, like I think, I don't feel like very many people here early on get a lot of like actual insightful discussion when they're super young. Right. Like, and maybe, maybe that's like a difference when there's, when it's so much more structure oriented and, and like, whereas here, I feel like it, it doesn't feel as structure oriented for like, Oh, like for efficiency. It's, it just feels like to, I guess to, to, go with the fucking flow of things like to not, and to not fall out or whatever. Right. Like, um, like, if you're being disruptive, it's like, it's not because, Oh, well that's not good for your learning. It's because like, we have a status quo and like, you're just, you know, like you're not working with it right now or whatever. Um, So maybe in a situation where there was more structure oriented, that, As a child, you might get more insight as to why you're even being told to behave in a certain way. Yeah, totally. Like, why are you acting? Like, why should you act a certain way, right? Like, um, who knows? It's. I mean, cultural differences are a whole mind fuck. It's, yeah. It's a whole thing. It's Um, a big ocean. But yeah, it is. I mean, it's super interesting. Yeah.
1: At the end of the day, I'm just kind of saying that, you know. I wish I was born in Japan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cause it's like, you know, people aren't really about clubs here. They're not about like, I don't know, all of the serious cool activities that you do in high school. And I think maybe that, maybe that like takes away a lot of the behavioral issues of like, not saying there isn't behavioral issues in other places, but like for me, I think it's, it, it is a lot, the non-structure that we have here, the largely the diets that we have here. Um, and, and that like, if I had all of these amazing things to look forward to in school, then I probably would have been more motivated to learn and get to those points because I remember going to school. I, I hated it. I don't know. I was never diagnosed with anything. Like my parents wouldn't take me to the doctor unless I was sick. Yeah. Um, And I just, I was one of those kids with way too much energy. I could not sit still. I would be jumping over chairs in the science class and get sent to the principal's office, like in fifth grade or whatever. And I remember hating the way that they were trying to teach me and that I had to sit down in a chair and like learn these things. Like I wanted to learn things firsthand. I wanted to experiment. I was curious and I was a very quick learner. Like, there was no problem with my learning capacity um, other than the fact that I didn't want to just sit there and like be told stuff. Yeah. And the one thing that I was looking forward to in middle school, like, the one reason that I kept, like, even trying in the slightest and going to school and not just, like, walking out of school and, like, doing whatever was the fact that there was woodworking in high school. Yeah. I was so excited to do woodworking. Like it was just, I was looking forward to it. Okay. I knew that the school I was going to ha- was going to have woodworking. I was going to go to Home, And first year I get into high school, the woodworking program is cut. They're no longer doing it. So first year they stopped doing it. Yeah, And so from that point on, I was just like, school is the dumbest thing ever. This is so stupid. Like, what is the point? Yeah. The, the one thing I was looking forward to, they don't have it. I don't care anymore. Yeah. And so I just, from that point on, I started skipping class nonstop. Didn't give a shit. Like the only class that I passed that year was science. Um, science and, is awesome. And it was only because if you pass the final, you pass the class. I passed all of my tests in every single class that I was in throughout all of high school. But science was the only one where where he was like, yeah, no, if you pass the test, you pass the class. Like, even if it's with a C, I'm still passing you. Like, nice. I don't care. Um, But everyone else is like, well, no, you need to do the homework. You need to do all the assignments blah, blah, blah. The tests only account for 20% of the grade. So you're failed. And it's like, okay, well. I still clearly learned as much as these other people and which in hindsight, I didn't because doing the assignments is what gives you experience. So it's what gives you the, you know, better memory for it, et cetera.
0: And Um, and in some cases, contextual understanding. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so I I do think that there is more than just passing tests. Um, But that being said, had I grown up in Japan or something, I would have had so many cool things to look forward to. Could have, could have gone to judo club. I could have, I could have had all these clubs, you know. Could have had all these clubs, and people take them seriously over there, at least according to the animes and according. TV shows, um, which I'm sure are very accurate. Uh, uh, and, so and Niva. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, um, the few Japanese friends that I have that can back all that up, I'm sure they will. Um, I don't know. It's uh, like give some give something. To look forward to. And I think youngsters will be much more inclined to pursue something. But when everything just seems like pointless, um, even from a very young age, when I felt like everything was pointless, then clearly I'm going to have more behavioral problems. But when I see the structure behind things and I see the efficiency and I see the reason behind things, it makes it a lot easier to get through the day and, and do the things that I'm supposed to do, hmm. you know, um, or behave the way that I'm supposed to behave. Um, cause given the right motivation, it's not like I couldn't sit down and learn. It's just, there was no reason behind it. And most teachers never gave me a reason to care. Um, there are a few out there that yeah. have given me reasons to care. One of them was my art teacher and my first, or no, 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 my first English teacher in college. Um, after I would calmed down and went back and studied and and got into college and started doing my stuff there. And he asked me why I was going to school. And I said, I didn't know and that I don't really care about degrees or careers. And that right now I'm just going back to college because it's something I never thought that I would do it. I, I hated school and, my teens. And I thought I was just done with it. And I just wanted to work hard and do jobs and find my own way. And then COVID hit. And I was like, no, I actually, I want to go to school. I want to learn more, um, in a structured environment. And, um, and so I decided to just like take as many art classes as I could and take some writing classes too. Cause I really enjoy writing and, and do, you know, my prerequisites that I had to do, um, just for general degree. But, He said that he thought the way I was going about it was the way that he wanted all students to go about school and that he thinks too many people are concerned with degrees and careers and all this junk and that every year he watches one student after another just give up on their dreams, give up on their talents, give up on their passions to pursue whatever degree it is yeah. that they're going for to pursue whatever career it is that they're going for. He says there are students who obviously are super stoked about the degree they're going for. And it's clearly the field that they want to be in, yeah. but a vast majority of people give up on the the things that pull their heart and just settle for whatever career is going to make them good money. Yeah. Something that they think that they can put up with, you know, um, And it sucks because when I do work on art, and when I do write, and when I make music, I feel so much better. And like, it's what I want to be doing at the time. And I don't feel like my life is being wasted away when I'm doing it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I don't even question it. Yeah. At all, like.
1: Or when I'm watching anime, that's.
0: (laughs) Um. Yeah, it's such a um. I don't know, you know, like, I, I'm not, I mean, you know, I'm not very, like, structured with it. Uh I have been at times and for periods. Um, but I'd say, like, if you took all the time that I have, like, put into music, whether that was just, like, strictly vocal song writing type stuff or, like, producing things or whatever, like... Um, most of it has not been structured. A lot of it has been freestyle and or just like fucking with stuff that I've already written and just kind yeah. of like the like other day will just like play beats of songs that I've written and then just like jam out and like vibe out and like sing or rap the thing that I've created mm-hmm. um, like every day pretty much. And it's like Yeah, it just feels good. Like, there's no question about it. There's no, like, there's no, there's no anything, you know? Yeah. It's, like, all, like, completely just, like, hell, yeah. I don't even have to think about the fact that, like, this is awesome. (laughs) Right. Yeah, like, you know, it's just so, it just hits. And it's,
1: like, effortless, you know? Yeah, I mean, sometimes you're putting in a lot of effort.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially if you're trying to get more structured and yeah. you're really trying to like cover some ground.
1: Yeah, but when you're doing something that you know and, and improving at it and, and then enjoying it, then it's like effortless, you know, once you're in that zone.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like some of the times when we've created something a song or a little ditty together yeah and like we get like a little kind of groundwork going and then we both will just like sit there and fucking jam out (laughs) like yeah (laughs) like that's the best those moments where it's like yeah we like we lay down some like foundation and then It's we just let it we just let it roll on repeat and Mm -hmm. we both have like an instrument loaded and we're just like sitting there like fucking yeah it's like ten minutes of
1: this like twelve bar
0: loop like
1: neither of us know how to even play instruments and we're just like going (laughs) hit the black keys hit the black keys no I want to use this one
0: dude (laughs) yeah that those are it's just such a good time like so I feel that um, yeah that completely Um, one point that I saw that was kind of touched on in the book The War of Art
1: by Stephen by by Pressfield
0: Stephen Pressfield (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) was uh, the point or the discussion point was titled The The Ethics of Creation and it was specifically about um, you know if you are a creator or a creative that you have like some sort of obligation to bring forth your, your art or whatever it is like that, like to, to get it out of you in some form, not necessarily to put it out somewhere for the world, but that you have like a duty to, to express it and like get it out of you, whether that's recording or like singing it freestyle without recording it or drawing something or painting something or whatever it is like, Kind of a, it's kind of an interesting idea. I've I've like tangled it with it a couple times, I guess, in my life. Like, I've definitely like entertained it heavily at certain times and and been like very much, um, I guess I would say, convinced by that thought. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess I, I, part of me holds it true. And then there's, I, you know, I, I have other parts of me that are like, yeah, but sometimes. I don't want to, <laughs> yeah, but then I, yeah. I like it's kind of a funny thing to say, too, because I feel like in one form, like if like like if I'm able to put something down, then it's already like created in my head, like that energy has already happened,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and your thoughts are energy, right, so it's like it on on, on that level, it is already being broadcasted Mm -hmm. (laughs) so to speak Uh, just a much less tangible version
1: yeah I think it when it's in your head and for me this is just something that I you know kind of visualize myself but when something's in my head and I haven't put it out into the world yet then it's just looping yeah you know it's just looping and looping and looping and looping in my head and and that loop will change and morph and maybe distort over time but it's never going to break Mm. and as soon as I put it into writing or into music or into a painting or something the loop is broken Yeah. and I can start building new loops and new foundations and, and create new fruity loop projects
0: new loops dude that's my favorite cereal yeah It's interesting. What do you think about the idea that you have an obligation?
1: Nobody can tell me what to do. Damn right. I have got no (laughs) obligations. Um, The way that I kind of was perceiving that as you were speaking it out your mouth hole was more of an obligation to myself. Mm. Um, yeah. Almost I like, like a I like that. compulsive thing. Like if I don't do this, I'm hurting myself. Mm. Um, or I'm holding myself back. Or I'm like, you know, everybody needs to vent now and then. Everybody needs a shoulder to lean on now and then. And essentially, when I think about being obligated to create, it's because I literally am a creative person. And if I don't create often enough, I fall into a, a whole of misery and disappointment and self-failure and mm. kind of just feeling down about myself. And, and as time goes on, if I, if I don't find those outlets and I don't use those outlets, then it comes out in negative ways throughout other parts of my life. Yeah. So yeah. am I obligated by others? No. Should I obligate myself? Probably. Yeah. Uh,
0: I like that distinction. Hmm.
1: Because most people can't handle my work. You know? It's too much for them.
0: Your recent painting and frame was too much for me.
1: Thank you. Appreciate that.
0: Yeah. I was overloaded.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was it's been hard finding uh finding frames. Um especially for canvases like those um, that you got up on your wall, just the, the stretch canvas that already has the wood yeah. underneath it, like yeah. that backing frame. Um, and I think the original idea with those is just that you don't really need to frame it. Hmm. Um, but I like frames. And so I painted frames my sister nice. um, a painting for Christmas and yeah. then, went out and tried to find a frame for it. Couldn't find one. I'm like, well, (laughs) looks like I'm making a frame today. Um, So I went to Lowe's and I bought some wood and I already had tools and stuff at home and, Mm -hmm. you know, sanded it down and stained it and cut it and then glued it all together with wood glue and clamped it and um, turned out really nice. And I ended up being happier with the frame than with the painting. Um, And so I'm like, yeah, check out this frame I made you like, (laughs) yeah the painting comes with it but like check out the frame (laughs) you know um and then yeah that kind of got me back into painting a little bit so i did this new painting that you saw yeah and then made the frame for that one too and uh yeah this this frame turned out really nice too very happy with it
0: fuck yeah Yeah. it's awesome yeah you're a good frame maker
1: everything's just you know frame of mind frame making yeah yeah, so I'm actually now the best frame maker in NA. the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, NA. North NA America. Um, North
0: NA PNW.
1: And I do offer my framing services uh, for a nominal fee. Yeah, um, You can reach us at missingwires at proton.me um, <laughs> for frame commissions. If you need anything framed, you can just send me the dimensions and I'll get something framed up. What? <laughs> <laughs>
0: champion framer um, not to be confused with framing for, for a crime
1: yeah or framing a house
0: yeah we don't do those
1: I don't frame houses we I will if you pay me
0: <laughs> we don't do those kinds of things um, another little another little tidbit yeah that I that I got from the uh points touched on in the book um which we, we've we've danced around this a bit but it's around the kind of philosophy of action yeah um which is something I I love that this this kind of comes up because I feel as though action is very powerful <laughs> even though it's it it's like on one hand it's the simplest thing and can be really easy, but then on another hand, it, like, can also be the thing that's, like, stopping you. Um, but, yeah, I do, I do, I do really like the, the idea of action and just, like, anytime you're having a, anytime you're faced with a problem or a conundrum or you're faced with resistance in the context of the book, mm-hmm. um, you know, these concepts being predominantly mental taking physical action as a response or as a solution to the mental kind of barrier that you're coming across like i think is a fucking awesome yeah it's an awesome practice right like the not whole, in the form
1: of violence no unless no. it's like practicing martial arts yeah in a healthy way you know yeah or like boxing with a punching bag or something you can write violently and paint you can That's paint true. violently okay but it is, as long as you're not harming others or harming yourself okay yeah let's get specific shall yeah we? yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> um, yeah don't hurt anyone yeah but yeah. take action but take action yeah no i like it um because even just the whole like oh like y'all writer's block like just start writing yeah you know, oh, have you tried writing? <laughs> have you have tried you writing? Yeah. Just do
1: it, Nike. Yeah. Um.
0: But I do. I do like that. Where it's like, oh yeah, like okay. Well, if you can't think of anything good, then just then just tell yourself that I'm gonna write ten bad yeah story starters or something like yeah. that. You know, like let me think of the worst stories that I can come up with really quick. Then if I'm having trouble coming up with a good story. Hmm. Um. Something to actually just like get the pen going and get your brain into the, into the actual going mode instead of still being on the precipice where you're, you're met with this resistance and this kind of impending doom that is the dissatisfaction and or the disappointment that you might feel towards yourself. Might you choose not to take the action, you know, it's like, it's like you're like, you know it kind of helps you get out of that middle ground where you, where the most the most intense resistance is felt usually yeah where you're like yeah you're like just sitting there like on the edge of like oh yeah i really want to do this thing but i don't know if i can and i don't know if i really want to i don't know if i feel like it is it worth it what am i like maybe I'll just do this instead and whatever, like whatever forms resistance takes for you.
1: And for those of us with screens, it's really easy to just like do something else instead. Yeah. It's like deadly easy.
0: Yeah. I mean, we have so many, um, there's so many distractions and
1: so many time sinks.
0: Yeah, like at our fingertips, right? Yeah. I think about that when I think about, like, um, games a lot, which we've talked about before. But, like, you know, it's like when I'm like, oh, man, like, oh, yeah, like if there's a new game that's coming out and then, like, or I think about, like, oh, the amount of hours I've put into certain games that I've already played, like, it's like, holy fuck, man. Yeah. You know, like.
1: It's crazy.
0: I'm like, yeah, if I had 500 hours, like, in writing, just like in a couple of notebooks, you know, right. like, I'm like that. And like,
1: it would be a lot. I'm like,
0: yeah, that'd be a lot. And like, if I did that in like the same amount of time that I put in 500 hours in a game, like,
1: it's like, damn, dude, we should start selling like sculptures. Just. I can't sculpt. Well, we got to learn. I haven't sculpted. You 500 hours. 500 so, hours. Picture me this. Nobody steal my idea. I'm copywriting this right now. Yeah. Um, patented. Patented. Yeah. So you sell real life representations of how much time something is equal to. So you just sell like a sculpture of like a bunch of pages of writing, just like, you know, or like however many books, like on based off of like the average writing speed, and the average proofreading speed. <laughs> um, so it's like, you have like a stack of like 15 books
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then like the plaque on the sculpture says, this is how many books you would have written in a year. If you were writing books instead of playing video games. <laughs> 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 and you just like have sculptures of all sorts of different stuff. Like, yeah, like, um, They're just hyper specific. Yeah, k- like borderline
0: anti-video game, but more just like, <laughs> more and more just like trying to encourage you to
1: yeah, <laughs> do like most else. of it's anti-video game. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like um, here's how many paintings you would have created.
0: Yeah, here's one of the options should be a a sculpture that is in the image of the receiver of the sculpture. Yeah. And it just says, look how fucking awesome you would be if you didn't play video
1: <laughs> It's like the the stupid video of the, the time traveler that, you know, or whatever. Um, with the Grim Reaper, who knows? I don't even remember what it is, but he like he hops dimensions real quick and is like, this is what you would be if you did this any like and it's just you and like the freaking some other dimension you pops in with whoever and they're like talking shit about you and and then they just like zap out he's like yeah i get the point i get the point <laughs> and they just zap back to their other dimension you're like sitting there just eating your cheetos and watching your show and just yeah. like what the hell like am i really that shitty
0: <laughs> on the thousandth episode of one piece yeah
1: yeah exactly <laughs> But like, yeah, making sculptures of people and just being like, this could be you. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
0: That's a brilliant. I'm surprised that's not a, a business already. Yeah. Well, could be yours. Well, you're tapping into a market. What's no, right. yours?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you heard it here. So.
0: Yeah. No.
1: I at least need royalties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I guess we can work something out, man
1: Cool, thanks, man <laughs> Appreciate it Um, Man We were even talking about that In like one of our previous episodes Of like 18 minutes a day Type thing
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah Definitely Yeah, time is just such a Funky Funky thing to navigate on a daily basis, I think. Like, yeah, especially when I feel like I'm on the I'm on the very unstructured end of people. Like,
1: yeah, same. <laughs> <I> feel that? <laughs> so it's like
0: I'm like, yeah, like t- 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 so many things that I'm like, yeah, I'll love like I'm gonna do that and do this and then whatever and then like. Sometimes I'm able to, and then other times it feels like I'm like, wait, what was I thinking? I don't have time for that stuff. Like, Yeah. There's not even any time. Like, I just, I haven't even taken a shower yet.
1: Yeah. I Haven't even had second breakfast yet? No nap?
0: Elevensies? Yeah. Yeah. None of it. Yeah. Sometimes it just, sometimes time just doesn't go your way.
1: Yeah. I think time plays into a lot of things. I mean, I mean, everything really, you know, <laughs> time is everything.
0: Time is everything. It's true.
1: And it's the only resource that we have that everybody has, literally. Even we, if they only have a little bit of it.
0: Do we even have it?
1: It's like, well, it's an endless resource.
0: We're just a part it's of it. It's infinite. Is it a resource?
1: I mean, i don't know does it matter
0: it's not matter it's very much intangible
1: yeah that being said you're gonna be eating your words when you see a time machine (laughs) um
0: i'll eat a clock instead
1: no but uh i was watching a ted talk the other day um and he was you know had a a big screen up there and there was a bunch of boxes and, um, it was the average lifespan of a human oh. and each box was one month. Mm. And so there was, you know, a few hundred boxes there. Um, cause you know, if you live to say, if you live to a hundred years, that's 12 months a year. So it's a hundred and one, and 1,014. <laughs> 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 That's way too many boxes, man It's like, what, 1,120 months? Um, <laughs> 1,200 months Okay Sorry <laughs> My mind's going places today um, Yeah I'm talking faster than my brain's working But
0: it's all about the boxes
1: Yeah, so it's you have 1,200 months, right? Yeah. 1,200 boxes 1,200 each, boxes Each one is a month Sure A third of that Gone. Yeah. You don't get to use it for anything. No. More. You want to know why? Why? Because you're sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Think about that. A third though? Yeah. 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 I feel
0: like for some of us it's more like a fourth.
1: Okay. Yeah. But eventually you're going to have to catch up. You think so? Yeah. I feel like I read an article. Oh, you think you can just sleep like four hours a night forever? Be
0: no, fine. no, no. I feel like I read an article that... It was saying something along the lines of like we never, there is no catching up on sleep.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you're just dying faster, which means it takes up a third of your life, anyways.
0: Nice. Yeah. Way to way to way to recover.
1: Autumn. <laughs> yeah. So if you're sleeping for a third of your day, you lazy piece of shit. You then that's a third of your life. Piece <laughs> of <That's a> shit. <laughs> That's a third of your life gone, all right? Boom, out the window. Just see you later. But if you're not sleeping for one third of your day, every day, then you're also probably going to die sooner. So maybe you're not being lazy. You're just being proactive and smart. Or maybe you just want to live faster. Yeah, maybe you want to live faster. You want to get to tomorrow because tomorrow is vacation day. Right, like... Pretzel day.
0: Like maybe, you know, maybe you'll die at 60... Instead of 70.
1: Yeah, if you don't get your eight hours. But every single day you have two more hours. Mm, yeah, but what are you doing with those two hours? Like, are you pursuing <laughs> the things that you want to pursue or are you just watching TV shows? Like, is yeah. it really worth it at that point? Or are you just big showing? I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of anime There's some good shows. It depends on the anime. You're right. You got me there. Good recovery. Um <laughs> No, so back to the <laughs> TED Talk. One third of your yeah. life, gone. Boxes. See you later. You don't get to do anything with it because you have to sleep. And no more boxes. Yeah. No more boxes. See you later. So you've got two thirds of your boxes left. Yeah. You've got 800 boxes. So also remember that you're not going to remember some of those boxes because you're either going to be too old and senile or too young and you're not even really self-conscious yet.
0: Or you're just on drugs.
1: Yeah, or you're on drugs. So count out your alcoholic years and your drug years mm. or the, a mix of both depending mm. on your poison. Mm-hmm. And then count out part of your childhood mm-hmm. because you probably don't remember like ages one to four, one to five. I, I remember a little bit when I was five, not so much three.
0: Very choice four. memories.
1: Yeah, very choice. I remember um, I was four year, like four years old getting a haircut from my aunt and she snipped off the top of my ear. Nice. Um, <clears throat> Shout out, Susan. Shout and out. It didn't hurt at all. She actually noticed before I did. Um, so I wasn't upset. Uh, it's Just cartilage, bro. Chill out. And It's just cartilage. <laughs>
0: Jesus. It's just cartilage.
1: <laughs> Sorry. That was a really good line. It's just cartilage, bro. Chill out. Dude, um, I don't know what all the fuss is about. Yeah. Just chew on it for a second. Um Anyways, uh, yeah, so then you're missing more months now. Right, more boxes. You know, like another hundred months gone. See you later. Bye. Well, maybe not a hundred, but... It's a lot of boxes. Yeah, it's a lot of boxes gone. And then you have to eat. You have to commute. I mean, if you're... Depends on, the you know, your situation, but vast majority of people eat food, spend time doing that. Vast majority of people commute vast majority of people poop um, sorry for those constipated folks out there and you you
0: probably spend like like a 15th of your life pooping
1: you spend a lot of time pooping um according to the boxes that disappear when he when he said the pooping numbers you spend a lot of time pooping and then you're left with your free time yeah and what do you do with your free time well he blacked out a bunch more boxes because you know what A lot of us spend our free time on screens Mm. and the amount of screen time that the average person is projected to spend is ridiculous. It's absurd. It's disgusting. And it makes me want to never look at a screen again. But unfortunately there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight screens in front of me right now, just within my view. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Let me count again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is that seven? Did I count one too many? No. Oh, sorry. The laptop. Eight. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah. So granted, we're utilizing these screens in the moment. Um, you for research over there. Um, we got some video games going on on one screen just as like, you know, background insulation. Background for our, yeah. yeah. For our um, heavy thoughts. Yeah. And um you know, phones are used to communicate and also scroll endlessly, endlessly through the void of things that you don't remember unless they're really funny yeah. or really impactful. Yeah, or you save them and you're gonna look at them later. Or even really though you're traumatic. Not, um, yeah, or really traumatic. Uh, yeah, so it's you get like a good
0: dose of everything from re- from scrolling yeah. these days.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're
0: we're like in full on dystopia.
1: Full on, it's cracked. Yeah. Were cracked. The system's cracked. Yeah. That being said, yeah. we spend way too much time on screens, and yeah. then the, the 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 boxes left for just for you for pursuing things for your free time that aren't spent working. If you're if forty hours a week, you know, um, if you blank out boxes for those and you're doing a job that you don't like, those boxes are gone. You can say goodbye to those too. Like if you're just doing a boxes. job for the money, just they're gone they're meaningless um
0: boxes are disgusting
1: obviously like working provides money and money provides purposes for other things in life whether that be the kids that you're um taking care of or people that you're taking care of or things that you're doing for yourself yes money is important and um that doesn't mean that your job is meaningless it just means that you know maybe think about like the fact that you only have so much time in your life
0: there is only so much time
1: yeah <sighs> yeah, the the, gra- the gra- it blew my mind, and like I said, I just didn't even want to. I wanted to punch every screen I saw after I saw that TED talk. It was crazy. Yeah, and then I also wanted to never sleep again. So I've been up for a week now, and <laughs> I don't know if you could tell, but I'm on one.
0: Yeah, well, I'm I'm gaining boxes every yeah. every night that yeah. I don't sleep.
1: Yep, me too. And you can't so. catch up on sleep. That's what they say. So
0: yeah, that's why people who smoke meth live forever. True. They have got more boxes than anyone. Yeah. So. Big true. What does that tell you? Do meth. If you want more boxes.
1: Don't do meth, please.
0: We do not condone. Yeah. Meth. We do condone boxes.
1: Yeah. Well, biodegradable boxes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I had a little, I had a little thought about this.
1: Yeah. Let's hear it. Whenever you're ready, I don't want
0: to rush you. Yeah, I kind of slipped away a little bit. Um, But it was about time. Yeah. And uh, time spent on things.
1: What are you drawn to right now? I know we haven't... We haven't really hung out or talked much since our uh, last episode. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, sorry for lying to everybody yeah. about putting out one more episode last year. We thought it'd be a really fun prank to <laughs> tell you we were going to release one and then uh, not do it and, and let not. you enjoy your holidays and yeah. forget about us. Um, yeah. But yeah, what's going on, Alex? What have you been drawn to? What's your time been going into? How were your holidays? Holidays are you the are person good. you want to be today? Today? Yeah Maybe for the last two weeks Maybe the last month Today I'm alright
0: The last month overall Yeah It's been alright Hasn't been amazing by any means Yeah Um, Like In terms of what I'm spending my time doing Um. Yeah you know I think the, the few times we have spoke, you know, it's like I express that winters are generally pretty, a pretty rough ride for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I've been just kind of kind of trying to ride that out Yeah. without it becoming awful or like becoming something that like I don't want it to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to keep like a good attitude, but. Yeah, I do. I do struggle more with um that concept of resistance and um not taking action in in the direction that I want to be uh during the winter for sure. Um but I have been playing a lot of fun games and I've been watching some great anime and then I started rewatching Peaky Blinders. Uh yeah, nice. So you know, just just um, just screen time basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's been kind. Of, that's been kind of the. That's been kind of the wave recently. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Somebody asked me recently. how my holidays were.
0: Yeah.
1: Or how my December was or how my Christmas was, whatever it was. And I was like, you know, it was pretty good. I always find that December is the most joyful and depressing time of the year. Yeah. Um and it's depressing for a lot of reasons. Um not only is it dark constantly, where we are Dude the sun we is just, just
0: gone At like 4 day. o'clock
1: man yeah. And it wouldn't be so bad To me If it snowed a lot right? If it snowed a lot where we were It actually wouldn't be all that dark like no the snow really brightens things up it It does it provides you more light throughout the day because there's the reflection and then also the city just tends to light itself up because the the light just reflects off of the snow everywhere and there's just an overall ambient light to it and Mm, even the light pollution is like yeah reflecting off of yeah everything it's wonderful it's wonderful so part of it is that we just live in a really dreary area um And we, this has been an extremely mild winter so far where it's just like constantly between 40 and 50 degrees and raining or wet. Yeah. And it's not like, ah, I don't, I just want it to either be raining constantly or snowing.
0: I feel like this is going to be like one of those, one of those snow in April type of
1: could be, could be. We're projected to get a little bit of snow next week next week next week it's possible um i'm not holding my breath for nothing but it's just supposed to be a mild winter in general um i'm hoping for some good cold fronts start brewing some snowstorms because i love the snow yeah um going to finland in february so i'll get to see a bunch of snow Oof. there
0: um, so you're gonna get your snow yeah, fixed. yeah too. i'm
1: happy for that i'm really thankful because so you're gonna get snowed it out it's been yeah and and those are kind of some of the you know, less critical, maybe even more superficial reasons to be depressed. Um, sure. And it's not, but they're not in our control, you know, um, the weather and, you know, where you live isn't exactly fully in your control. Obviously you can move, but that's not yeah really a super realistic option. Yeah. Um, so outside of that, it's like looking at all the consumerism and yeah. all the, you know, inequity across everything and how little brat kids get everything that they wanted from Santa because their families are loaded and are just going to buy it for them anyways. And then the little nice poor kid (laughs) (laughs) is like,
0: this is oddly specific, getting (laughs) shafted,
1: getting shafted from Santa. Santa didn't get him shit. And he's like, Oh, well, like, I was really good this year. Like, why would you get an Xbox? And I got <laughs> a used condom. <laughs> like, <laughs> What the heck, Santa? Um, it is oddly specific, but it's not a personal experience. It's just like random thoughts off the top of my head where it's just like, it does happen. And kids go to school and they talk about all the things that they got. Yeah. And meanwhile, a little Jimbo over there is like, like, cool. I got sloppy Joe's for dinner.
0: Poor little Jimbo. That's what I
1: got for Christmas. Um, poor yeah. little Jimbo. Uh, well,
0: that's when you tell Jimbo, stop being a little bitch,
1: Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> suck it up, Buttercup.
0: Don't you be thankful. Sloppy Joes yeah. are sick.
1: Yes, I do love me some Sloppy Joes. Um, and th- and it's true. You know, at the same time, like, I think we should all be thankful and grateful for the, the things we do have in our lives rather than the things that we don't. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I try to, you know keep in the forefront of my mind during the holiday season of just like you know how can I bless other people's lives with the means that I have right now in not so much a superficial way but in a more heartfelt way Mm -hmm. and in a way that you know it's like I'm showing you that I care about you not trying to like give you gifts that you want um, because you know that I can't afford them but to (laughs) do things (laughs) That show you how much you mean to me Yeah. Um, I, and I think that's important um, but then also just seeing like all of the crap around the world like I don't know for whatever reason like when the weather is not great and everything's just dark constantly it reminds me of like all the terrible things going around everywhere. Mm. And, and I start to highlight all the negative things around me and in my own life and, and the hopelessness that I feel in the time that we live. And, mm. um, and yeah, all these things can kind of compound and it does get a bit more difficult. So I understand um, yeah. where you're coming from and, and that you probably have a lot of your own struggles throughout this season.
0: Yeah. What a funny thing I like. Yeah, you know, I like that we were kind of earlier touched a little bit on the the, the fact that we that we can even contemplate our existence. You know, but then also on the uh, kind of within the same vein, but in a in a different tube, mm-hmm. um, being being able to feel something like that to feel something that's like what am like not only what am i doing here but like is there even a point to this like do i want to try right now or like experiencing helplessness yeah like it's kind of crazy to consider i guess for me like when i think about it in terms of like an animal or an animal or an animal brain and considering hopelessness um it, it's kind of interesting to like juxtapose cuz i feel like there's so many like you know it's like you see like the the caged the caged beast who like doesn't um yield right they just they stay stay fucking livid and like they stay fucking let me out of mm-hmm. this fucking cage you fucks you know like and, but then there's some some that do right, i guess and like but for i guess for
1: some that give up and get depressed and yeah lethargic yeah. and don't live nearly as long as they would in the wild
0: yeah yeah so it's, I don't know, it's kind of interesting that we can even <laughs> that we have that capacity mm-hmm. you know to to feel those things and especially if we like you know bring in the uh, the whole perspective of everything kind of being developed for like survival or evolutionary type of type of standpoint right to view those things from that it's like oh what's the why the fuck can we why can we even feel hopeless mm-hmm. like where does that serve us in evolution like why why does hopelessness a thing that we can access? Yeah. <laughs> hopelessness, like, it's just, it's kind of funny. And then, but then someone could ask in turn, why can we experience hope? Like, why, yeah. you know, like, and why do we experience anything beyond what is right fucking now, mm-hmm. right here in front of me, right? Like, because hope, I feel like you, you can't have hope without having a, a greater sense beyond what is the right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or right, like, and if we think like, not that we know for a fact that animals are always in the now, like maybe animals are are thinking of the future and or the past, and, like stuff like that. Like, I, you know, I, I mean, don't know. Why
1: would a squirrel hoard nuts mm. if like it wasn't that. thinking about the future? You know? I like that. Yeah. And, and obviously part of that is just the fact that it's been conditioned Right. Through living through winters, et cetera. It's instinctual. to Yeah. It's instinctual to, to gather these things and yeah. then have them. But at the same time, it's like, I still feel like there's a little bit of something in there where yeah. it's like, yeah.
0: that was a great example.
1: It's like, Oh, I have to collect this amount of something to make it through the winter.
0: Yeah. Cause there's going to be, there's a time coming up where I'm not going to be able to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 That is interesting. That's cool.
1: Hmm.
0: But yeah, so maybe it's like somehow like we, you know, maybe maybe all animals have that and then it's somehow our, our emotional developments or something, like something that kind of like attached um, past, present and future orientation and that melded and or mingled with emotional attachment and mm-hmm. or like emotional desire or desire of any kind really. And like, <laughs> and then... We reach these points where we're like we have hope and hopelessness and like other other kind of interesting things that come about. Yeah. It's funny when you you know, like making the comparisons between human and animals when I mean we are animals, but yeah. But also like strange ones
1: at that. It almost feels like it it all does relate to a concept of time. Like when you have no concept of time. It's usually due to some external stimulating factor, right? And, yeah. like, do animals have a concept of time? And if not, like, what is the purpose of a of a squirrel hoarding nuts for the winter? Yeah. Is it purely instinctual? And, like, when did that start? And is it, like, yeah. you know, like, do they behave differently in different... Uh, Different climates where it's, you know, very mild winters, um, like where we live here, um, where there may or may not even be snow. So, and I'm sure they do, and I'm sure there are probably behavioral differences there, but um, I'm no expert on this. So I probably sound really dumb to somebody who is, um, (laughs) and that's fine. I'm okay being a a beginner. Um,
0: Yeah, we all run that risk when we open our mouths.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But just the concept of time, it's, it's like when you're feeling hopeless, time seems to really drag. When you're feeling extremely hopeful, time might tick a little bit quicker. Um, And then when you're just, yeah, it's just tickling you a little bit quicker than normal. Um, But then when you're like really involved in something, like just completely in the zone it's like your concept of time is gone yeah like it's completely irrelevant um when you're extremely invested into a video game called Baldur's Gate 3 it's like 10 hours can go by in what might feel like 30 minutes yeah and your concept of time is completely distorted it's just done so yeah
0: it's done so it's nowhere to be seen so
1: it's like how does your concept of time Relate to your feelings and emotions, and and even your behavior, and are you an animal, Alex? Yeah. Are you?
0: Um. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent a fucking animal. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> filthy animal. Oh, filthy fucking animal! Like. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Fucking happy Hanukkah, fucking Kwanzaa, all of the above, yeah. yeah, everything, yeah. No, I feel like an animal. I feel like an animal in the times where like resistance wins.
1: Yeah, true that.
0: Yeah, cause like I'm I'm like I feel like it's the animal part of my brain that that just wants to like my brain is pumping out chemicals that's like hey this over here feels safe we've been here before it's familiar and even if there's another piece of me that's like yeah but it's not uh, this thing over here that i want my brain's like yeah but we're safe we're safe here it's comfortable everything's okay like i feel like that when my when i When that becomes like the, maybe not necessarily dominant thing, but when that becomes like a very strong pulling thing, it's like, I feel like a fucking animal. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, I'll tell you what means something.
0: I'll tell you what means something.
1: Yeah. I would like to... Be a different person tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah. What's tomorrow? Gideon's show. Are you kidding me?
0: I'm about to become even more of an animal tomorrow.
1: Tomorrow I want to be a dancer. Yeah. And an artist.
0: I'm going to be an animal. A different animal than I am today though. Yeah. Yeah. Not like that.
1: It'll be all right. It'll be okay
0: <laughs> Yeah What are, What are we
1: Well here's the thing Alex It's been a bit over an hour now Nice So Perfect Yeah I think we're about About an hour and eight minutes um, And uh, I was excited to uh, Get back into it With yeah. you today Thank you so much for having me Thanks for coming Yeah
0: It's always a pleasure
1: Yeah And welcome back, and Happy New Year to everybody else.
0: Welcome back. Happy New Year, you filthy animals. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah. This is The Missing Wires. Hope you all have a lovely day or night. We'll see you next week.
1: Peace. Peace.
0: Peace. Peace.